Thanks for joining us on the That's Rather Cavalier podcast. Before we get to it, make sure you follow us wherever you get your audio podcast. Just search FFSN, That's Rather Cavalier. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Also, check out our cast shorts on the Noidals YouTube channel. Now let's get to it. That's rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavalier podcast, kicking it tonight with the dynamic duo, two of the Fantastic Four, BP and with your boy, Big G, but we got a special guest tonight, Harrison Piner, BP's son. What's rocking out, Harrison? How you doing, man? Talk to me for a few minutes and just introduce yourself to the people. All right. What's up, man? Nice to meet you, Big G. It's a pleasure to have me on. Thank you so much. Uh, I've been keeping up with the podcast for about a couple months now, and uh you know, it's something great to just listen to when you're driving or anywhere. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Dad, for, uh, you know, having me on here. You know, it's it's cool to see you doing this and to talk about something like the Cleveland Cavaliers is something even more special because, you know, we grew up going to the games when I was younger. And, you know, we've been a, a big-time fan for, for so long. And, and now it's cool to have, like, a an outlet to talk about it, on, you know. For sure, for sure. Hey, so I'm a, before I throw it over to VP, I'm going to – Make a little public service announcement. You guys know where to check us out at. Watch us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on, on YouTube. Listen and watch as you check us out on Twitter and iPhone and iHeartRadio. Because we're rocking it out tonight with the Cleveland Cavaliers podcast on Fans First Sports Network. ABP, you know how we do it and how we get out on That's Rather Cavaliers podcast. We got a slew of questions. I'm going to go back and forth between you and BP. And we're going to talk about the Cavaliers' preseason games or summer league games and how they've been playing these last three. We don't have no L's going on right now for Cleveland, man. We're getting all dubs. So let's just do a quick recap on our, 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 our summer league season and talk about some of the highlights in the players. VP, I'm going to open it up to you. What do you think about the Cavs being sort of like undefeated right now as a summer league team? No, I mean... Thanks again. It's good to be on with you guys both. It's an honor. You know, it's, I mean, I can't, I've never watched Summer League this much in my life. I mean, the Cavs are undefeated. I, this game today went into overtime and then they came up with that new Elam ending where it was like the first team to hit seven points, one. And I love that. I've always loved that idea. So it was super exciting where there was no clock involved. It was just, you know, the first team to hit the first seven points, one. And you know, we can talk about the different guys. Maybe we can each pick a guy to sort of touch upon. But I was super impressed with uh, Isaiah Mobley and, and, and Imani Bates, mostly. I think those two guys are going to be factors for the Cavs going forward. And uh, I'd like to know what you guys think about, you know, this Cavs Summer League roster. that They'll be playing tomorrow night for the championship at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I love it. Harrison, what are you thinking about the Cavs Summer League team as they've done? Because I'm really impressed with Imani Bates, but I just want to get yeah. your thoughts about yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on with the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, I think that Isaiah Mobley is a big standout. And one reason is that, you know, he's already been in the NBA for a year. And so he's he's got that tenacity and that uh, 
that drive to get to where his brother already is. So, so it's it's a, uh, you know, it, it's like a, a motive that these rookies don't all have. So, like a lot of these rookies, like Amani Bates, like yeah, he's a uh, one of the top in his class in the in the in the rookie and the in the freshman, you know. But uh, Isaiah Mobley has something greater that he's striving for. You know, he doesn't want to just, uh, you know, get dropped out of the NBA. So he's really pushing for that. Uh, you know, a good rotation spot in the roster. Um, and, you know, his performances show. So um, also Imani Bates is, you know, playing phenomenal basketball. And, you know, a lot of people slept on him, but uh, he's very capable. He's very capable of scoring at any level. Um, and, he, and he holds a lot of potential, but he just needs to keep his mind mindset in the right direction. And uh, I think he can do great things for us moving forward. So a quick question to both of you guys. If you had to name an MVP of the Summer League team for the Cleveland Cavaliers as of today, just a quick thought. BP, who would be your MVP of the Summer League squad this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say it's Isaiah Mobley because he's doing the whole package. You know, he's like the tallest guy in the team since the one center left Diop to go back to Spain. So Mobley's rebounding. He's playing defense, but he's also scoring quite a bit, and he's also passing really well. I mean, he's getting like five assists a game, which is a lot, you know, for a center or a power forward. Usually, you know, point guards get four, three, four, or five assists a game. I mean, there's been games like Dame Lillard doesn't get an assist, or, you know, guys like Steph Curry get one assist, hmm. or even Donovan Mitchell or Garland, they've had low, you know, so, I mean, for a center, and, a, and also remember, this is only a 40-minute game. This is not a full 48-minute NBA game. So, Correct. you know, Mobley's really impressed me. And he even the last play of the game, he, you know, backed a guy down on the block and threw in one of those little baby hooks or a jump hook. He won the game for the Cavs. So I've been very impressed with uh, Isaiah Mobley, really have. I think he's the team, but there's certainly guys that deserve uh, honorable mention as well. For sure. Harrison, man, your quick thought on who would be this year's MVP for the Cavs in the Summer League as of today? Um, I, You know, I also would agree with Isaiah Mobley. Uh, like, you know, Dad, you have a great point with that. But uh, I think Imani Bates deserves it as, you know, being a rookie, it's just so much pressure. Um, and what he's done out there really shows us that, he, that he's hungry and that he really wants to, you know, have a, a huge role on this team. And I, I think he could be a, you know, a great seven man, six man to start and even grow to be a starter. But yeah, his offense ability, his, his length, um, you know, has done great things for us in the summer league, which is why we're going to the championship for it. Agreed, agreed, man. I think Imani Bates has played outstanding basketball, but I can't shun and not shine on baby Mobley because he's right. definitely a huge factor with us. And I think we're looking at, the first two guys may be possibly off the bench with this Cavs roster, this young roster that we have in Cleveland that's gotten younger and stronger. And the yeah. Summer League has definitely benefited. But I got one more question about a Summer League guy that has showed up to me and played his heart out. And that's Mr. Porter Jr. You guys, just quick thoughts on Porter Jr. and what he's brought to the table as far as rocking out at a guard position for the Cleveland Cavaliers through the Summer League. Harrison, I'll start with you. What are you talking about with Mr. Porter? You think he's playing good ball? I mean, yeah, he, he's been playing uh, amazing. But al along with that, it's uh, it has to do with who's around him. And I think that, you know, guards especially, um, you can't always 
you have to see them on a real NBA floor to see what they're really capable of. Because right. he's, playing, he's playing with, you know, uh, five-star players uh, already on the summer league team. They're stacked, but uh, you know, I think they're, he's been playing amazing, and uh, there's a lot of potential for growth uh, within him, and he can be a, a backup point guard. Uh, however, um, I, I just think that uh, when you're playing with guys like Imani Bates and uh, Mobley, like there's a lot of uh, easy buckets that can be uh, derived from those guys. So for sure, uh, hard to tell, but yeah, I mean, he's been uh, fun to watch and you know, exciting. But for yeah. sure, for sure. BP, is Porter exciting? Do you think he'll make the roster? And will we see him in the regular rotation for the Cavs this season? Your quick thoughts, man. Tell me what you're thinking about Mr. Porter Jr. for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I like uh, Craig Porter Jr. In fact, I joked. They had it on Twitter. They said, you know, Craig Porter Jr. is on the Cavs Summer League team. And I said, I prefer Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. And I got, you know, some funny responses and a lot of likes on Twitter. Because, I mean, I, I still am, so, uh, you know, sore about Kevin Porter Jr. not being on the Cavs from 2019, I believe. He was a hell of a talent, but, you know, obviously he was a sort of a head case. So they had to let him go to Houston. But this Craig Porter is good. I One thing I see in his game, he's a little slow. You know, I, you know, the NBA, like the point guards are like lightning quick, super yeah. fast. And I just see he's a little bit slow. And, you know, so I don't know if he'll make the final Cavs roster, in my opinion. I mean, they're they're pretty loaded with all on the depth chart with, you know, they got Darius Garland and they got, you know, Ricky Rubio. Then they, you know, you know what I'm saying? They also brought in this Tyrone, Ty Jerome. They're paying him, you know, real money to, to be on the roster. So they're probably going to, I think, for the most part, Craig Porter Jr. will be spending a lot of time with the Cleveland Charge in the G League. Yeah, I like a two-way deal for him for sure, but I think he's earned it without a shadow of a doubt, man. Hey, so last question, last question about the preseason or summer league or whatever you want to call it for the NBA. Do you look for the Cavs to walk away with the summer league championship? BP, I'm going to start with you. Do you think the Cavs rock out and hold up that trophy for the summer league? No, I, de- I think they're going to win for sure. I think, uh, depend- like, I think Houston won the second game today. Yeah, so it depends who Houston, you know, a lot of these teams have been like resting guys or jockeying around. So if Houston brings all their guys that they started the summer league with, then that could be a hell of a game because they started yeah. off with, you know, Jabari Smith and, um, you know, all their draft picks like um, Tari Eason. Yeah, Whitmore from the, the, the guys that they drafted uh, this year. I can't. Oh, yeah. Um, that guy's injured. Uh, one of the Thompson twins. Yeah. So we'll see. But based on who Houston played today, Cam Whitmore. Now he'll be tough, but I think the Cavs got more guys than just Cam Whitmore. So I think the Cavs can win this thing tomorrow. And I'll be watching. It'll be fun at nine o'clock tomorrow night. For sure, Harrison. How about you, man? Did the Cavs get the chip? Yeah. Was it all for none? Yeah. I mean, based on how the Cavs have been playing, uh, and with their depth, I think it, it won't be too hard to get the dub. Uh, however, I haven't been able to watch um, much of like Houston's summer league games, um, but you know I'll be rooting for the Cavs, and I'm sure we'll be able to uh, pull out the W. I'll be I'll be watching this one, so uh, it'll be exciting. So. No doubt about it, man. You know we're always going to cheer for the Cavs, regardless. 
So, but yeah. I think that they, I think that it's mission accomplished for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Definitely for this year's summer league, we've, we've gotten players ready and ready to move up and transition to be on a regular rotation on the NBA roster. And yeah. I'm telling you, the find of Imani Bates just tickles my heart because I believe that the Cavs have found a diamond in the rough and a kid that'll yeah. eventually be a starter one day in the NBA. Yeah. To keep it on the, the, the preseason or summer league, we had a freak of nature show up. Victor won Banyana, man. This kid is supposed to be the next greatest thing ever. Thoughts on Victor? Harrison, I know you got some ties to it. Talk to me a little bit about Victor and your ties to him, man. Well, I don't have too many ties to him. Uh, no, I, I speak a little French, but uh, no. Nah, so, uh, you know, Victor, I, I think that he is a uh, he's a freak of nature. Um, and people have the highest standards set on him, close to how, how it was when LeBron was coming into the league. Um, however, you know, his build at the moment isn't sufficient to, to play in the in the real NBA, I believe. Uh, yeah. You know, they're skinny guys, Kevin Durant, but, you know, they are, they're grown men still. Uh, yeah. I think that people are setting the bar a little too high for Victor right away. He's going to be a, you know, a unicorn in, in the next coming years. Um, but... Right now, I think we should just sit back and you know, eat some popcorn and, and wait and wait to see what he's capable of doing. Because we know he, you know, he has potential. But um, you know, and, and alongside uh, Greg Popovich, you know, he, he's gonna be something special. Like you best know, coach was, in the league. Yeah. So yeah, best coach in the league without a without a doubt, Harrison. Good point and good factor about Greg Pop. BP man, they shut him down after two. He scored twenty six and some change, and he handled his business. In that second uh, summer league game, final thoughts on Victor and what he'll potentially do in this coming NBA season. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be very good. I was disappointed they shut him down after only two games, but I mean, you could probably see it coming. They just wanted to sort of cut their losses. You know, he had, he finished with 27 points. You know, a good game against Portland in that you know it was about a week ago. So you know, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens, but. You know, I was on NBA radio earlier this week with Eddie Johnson, and he agreed with me with it. Like, you know, Victor Wambanyana's, he Eddie Johnson believes that, like, guys at 19 are too young to come to the NBA. He actually believes that there should be, like, a 21-year-old limit. Like, a, you know, you got to be 21 to enter the NBA. That's kind of what Eddie Johnson feels from NBA radio. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because then we wouldn't have seen LeBron and Kobe Bryant and all these, you know, great upstarts, you know, at an early age. So I disagree yeah. with him on that. But Wembenyana is going to be sort of brought along slowly. They're not going to just throw him to the wolves. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to start out playing small forward, like out on the wing, which, you know, he's going to be shooting shots like Reggie Miller sort of. And he's not going to be spending that much time on the block, but I still think he's going to have a target on his back. And guys, you know, when guys like Embiid playing, Jokovic, the Greek freak, Anthony Davis, they're going to be going all out. I think they're going to want to put 40 or 50 points on him and kind of make, when Banyana look like, you know, the youngster that he is. For sure, for sure. Great points and great thoughts. Hey, so we're going to take a quick commercial break for 10, pay a little bills on That's Rather Cavalier, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast on FFSN Sports Radio. And we're back with That's Rather Cavalier, Cleveland Cavalier podcast on FFSN Sports Radio. Check us out on iHeartRadio and also check us out 
on any other listening mediums, including Spotify, and listen to what's rocking out with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I got a special guest in the building tonight, Harrison Piner, son of the great BT, one of the dynamic duo Fantastic Four on That's Rather Cavaliers, including Relly Hall and Tate Boy Fresh. But today, we're talking about the second half of the show. Quick thoughts on the summer tournament. I know BP, he's going to have felt a little way this way. But Harrison, I just want to know what you're thinking about this play-in or tournament that they're going to have in the middle of the, of, of the NBA season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a great idea uh, just for, like, the, the competitive aspect of the game because, you know, a lot of the times the, se- the whole season is a drag and there's not a lot to look forward to. Um, but, you know, for the fans, for the players, it's something great that we'll be able to, you know, have uh, look forward to, you know, for the for all the players and, and the fans. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great thing that was implemented, uh, and I'm all for it. Yeah, I think you got a different viewpoint than your pop, man, that's for sure. But I'm going to throw it back to BP. And BP, just give me your final thoughts after sitting back and absorbing, because at first she was like, man, I don't know. But have you changed any as far as your view with the tournament that's going to happen in the middle of the season for the NBA? Yeah, I mean, when I first heard about the in-season tournament, I was calling it the mid-season tournament. So I was wrong right there. But, you know, that's an easy thing to get wrong. But I did do a little bit more research. So I did find out some interesting things, such as the winning team is going to get $500,000 for each man. Yeah, That's a pretty good incentive, five hundred grand, especially if you're the 10th through the 15th guy on the team, you know, where you're not making, you know, 500 grand is nice money. And then the losing team is going to get $200,000 a man. And even yeah. the, the, the next tier guys are going to get $100,000 for the third and fourth finishers. So, you know, that's a good incentive for you're just playing basically regular season games anyways, games that you would play yeah. anyway. Yeah. I also found out a little bit more research that I did that um, they're going to be wearing special uniforms for the in-season tournament and that they're yeah. going to dress up the courts a little bit. So that's going to, you know, they're going to throw a little bit of flavor into this thing. Yeah. All, all so, about the moment. Yeah, Absolutely. So that makes it, so now that, you know, the NBA didn't do a great job of explaining all the details of this thing because we're all pretty knowledgeable NBA guys and none of us knew half of this stuff. You know, yeah. so, and then I found out also that, uh, like who the Cavs are going to be, the schedule. So I, I did, I don't think any other program is going to give you this but us. So this is an exclusive. I found out that the Cavs are going to be playing at Philadelphia. The Cavs are going to be playing at Indianapolis. And then our two home games are going to be Atlanta at Cleveland and Detroit at Cleveland. So you have it here first. That's kind of the in-season tournament schedule. The first four games for who the Cavs will be playing in this tournament. So I'd like to know what you guys think of this sort of schedule. Because we're basically the second seed in our bracket. And so we'll be playing at Philly, which we will, on paper will be a tough game. But the other three games, I think, are very winnable for the Cavs. What do you guys think? Harrison, shoot your shot, man. Because I, I feel that the Cavs could possibly go 4-0 and be sitting out in Vegas. But I'm just interested in seeing what you think about this tournament. Yeah, I mean, I have a question for you, Dad. Uh, what When does the tournament start? What are the dates? Okay, it starts around November 7th, and then it concludes around December 9th, you know, give or take. Okay. Now, one, one thing That's I did want to... One other I mean, thing that... I found out, that the NBA also came up with this because of the NFL. You know, everybody, the NFL is king. Like, the NFL is the number one rating sport in the world, especially in the United States. So they did this because the NBA just almost can't compete with the NFL, but they're using this tournament to, you know, just get a little bit more attention from the NFL in November and December. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's a great thing that they're implementing. Uh, but uh, in terms of like our, our matchups uh, for those uh, those upcoming games that are that are that are shockingly soon, um, I, I think that it should be a little deeper into the season. But uh, I, I think that we'll be we'll have uh, no hard time against those teams. You know, Philly will be yeah. tough, but uh, I, I think Atlanta will be. You know, it'll be a good contest. But the Cavs should pull off most of these games as yeah. you know we made it to the uh you know playoffs um but you know we couldn't we we need to go farther and, and everyone on this team i'm sure is is extremely hungry and, and looking forward to to this upcoming season so uh, it'll be a good test for the the future uh, when june comes absolutely i think that the one the one advantage of this is if we are a young team and you're learning to how to get battle tested to complete for a championship Playing a middle of the season or whatever you want to call a season tournament gears you up and gets you ready for that atmosphere of playoff basketball. And by doing that, and the Cavs were able to win this particular tournament, I think that's momentum building as we move forward through the all-star break and all the way into the playoffs to give us an opportunity to compete at least to try to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's just my thoughts about the Cavs, and I think it's going to be beneficial. Hey, but to switch gears, we had the NBA rule changes. People are talking about those flops. Things have gotten crazy. There's a rule change with flopping and referee reviews. VP, your thoughts on, is somebody finally going to get caught up and become or labeled the king flopper this year and this year's NBA season? Give me your thoughts about that, about flopping in the NBA. Yeah, no, no, that's funny. Um, in fact, in today, I don't know if you guys watched this Cavs game as closely as I did, but Today, they implemented the new rules with the flopping. So if you flop, you know, if you pretend to fall down or get hurt, you get hit with a, a technical foul. And so then the other team, uh, you know, shoots a foul shot. So Evan, Mo I mean, Isaiah Mobley today was caught in that flopping situation. And so the other team went down and, and you know, shot a technical and they made a, a cost us a point. So, yeah. and clearly he really did flop. So he was wrong. So I like the rule. You know, I think some of this flopping by guys like Draymond Green, Marcus Smart, you know, just some of these guys that are like defensive sort of guys, like Dylan Brooks. You know, I think it is getting a little bit out of control, the fake fake fouls and, you know, the flopping. So, and like uh, also Patrick Beverly does this a lot. You know, I think, you know, it's getting a little bit out of hand. So I'm definitely in favor of the flopping rule. And it's kind of funny too, to like see these guys drop like a ton of bricks, but nobody sure, even, sure. you know, came close to them. Regarding the referee rule, I'll just give you real quick, um, you know, with the challenges, this is all about the challenges. So if you, let's say you're Coach Popovich and you challenge a call, if you get the first challenge right, then you get a second challenge later in the game. That's the that's the only thing new here. So, you know, if you get your first challenge right, let's say in the third quarter, then you get another one in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But if you, you know, if you, or let's say you're the, op the opposing coach, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff, if you call for a referee review, you know, in the third quarter, if you're wrong, then you're done. You don't get any more reviews. Yeah. That's yeah. what I got on the referee, the new rule changes. Flip or flop rule changes. Harrison, what you thinking, man? Is it good for the NBA, bad for the NBA, or what's your view? Because you're a different generation. Yeah. You know, I, me and your dad grew up where, you know, there'd be a fist fight breakout and there might be a technical foul and there might not. Yeah. Now we're talking about guys actually flopping in the league. So give me your view or your thoughts about these rules. 
you know, I think the new flopping rule is uh, kind of excessive. Although I, I do agree with you, uh, BP. Um, I, I just think that, you know, it, it has become part of the game. And, and while it maybe it's annoying to watch, um, it really doesn't hurt anyone. So, you know, to, to charge these guys and, you know, maybe maybe the fans like it because, they, you know, I don't know, maybe they think the players are overpaid or something. But yeah. I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, if, if they are – like it's kind of like a, a smart thing to do in basketball at, at this point. But now, in, you know, it's crazy that uh, that they're really going to get fined and, and there's going to be a technical. And, you know, you know, and like you were saying, opposed to, you know, how it used to be all re- real rough. And um, then, then you get a tech after an altercation. Like you're just getting a tech for, you know, just looking like a, a goofball. Like those guys who are uh, flopping should just, you know, maybe not do it. Uh, and, and you know, see that uh, I don't know. And then uh, for the uh, what was the other uh, referee review? Yeah, the, the referee, referee review and challenge. Too. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that could be a, a good thing to implement because not only um, will it like uh, be used for that purpose, but uh, you know, a smart coach could even use that to you know, you know, he sees something go wrong and he's like yeah. certain. That could be a timeout that's mandatory. And then later on, you can get another review. You yeah. know? So, so not only can it act as a review, but it can be like a timeout if, if it's really needed. And I don't know if there's going to be like a uh, any like law or not law, like rules behind that, like using it when it's like clearly not needed. Uh, but it would be interesting to see like how other tactics come out of that. Yeah, for sure. What they're, I think with both rules, what they're looking at is the integrity of the basketball game. You know, yeah. we, we're, these guys, of course, we know and understand that they're there to entertain us, and we know that they're making multi-million dollars. But the issue is you got to have a good product if you expect people to buy into it. So by eliminating the flopping and then giving coaches an opportunity to challenge rule, challenge calls, which are pivotal and could make a game go one way or the other, definitely speaks to the aspect of ideology that we are looking at the integrity of the basketball game. So I'm looking forward to both rules and actually cleaning up the game a little bit because flopping has gotten ridiculous. That's just to me. And there's some guys who's made a career out of it and it's time to get that out of basketball. That's just what I'm thinking. Hey, so listen, we're, we're to our last topic before our final shots. We're still waiting on two pieces to move, two trade pieces to move. We heard a lot about Dame requesting a trade out of Miami. We heard that James Harden definitely wants to be up out of Philadelphia. You guys' thoughts, what's taking so long, or will they get traded, or will they possibly end up on their roster when the season starts? Harrison, I'm going to start with you. Dane, James Harden. Do they stay? Do they go? What do you think? I have a feeling that James Harden ends up staying, uh, but uh, Damian Lillard, I think he's a lock to leave Portland. Um, and I, I think Miami Heat would suit him well, and that would be a dangerous team uh, because we all know that Jimmy Butler is a warrior. I mean, he's literally a soldier. Like, I, I swear, I, I see him on the court, and he's just built better than everyone. Like, he, he's, like, really yeah. the man out there. Like, um, But him and Dame would, would be something special, and uh, that's not something that uh, Jimmy Butler really had. I mean, he played with uh, D. Rose and, uh, you know, Ben Simmons and Embiid, but – Damian Lillard is like at the top of his uh, prime right now, you know, and I think uh, it would be a, a great uh, run for the Miami Heat. For sure, for sure. BP, is it taking forever? Is it going to be worth the wait? Or does Dane 
and James Harden stay in Philly and Portland. Your thoughts? Yeah, to me, the more fascinating trade is the Dame Lillard trade. So I'll talk about that. I think, you know, Miami, uh, I mean, Portland doesn't just want to hand <coughs> Dame Lillard over just to appease Miami. That, that'll be like handing them, you know, a championship or close to it, or at least a, a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. So Portland is really holding out for a great package. Right now, Miami doesn't have enough to satisfy them. You know, Ty, they've already, Portland's let it be known they don't love Tyler Hero and they don't even need them. They've got all this young talent at the point guard, shooting guard, and small forward spot. What I'm thinking is, if I was Portland, I'd love to get my hands on some of the big guys that are on the Detroit Pistons. They could work a three-way trade. If you look at Detroit, they just recently signed this guy, Isaiah Stewart. I don't want him, but if I was the Portland Trailblazers, if I could get my hands on James Wiseman or this uh, Jalen Duran, two young studs from the Detroit Pistons, you know, in a, maybe a three-way deal with the Miami Heat, then, you know, I take those two guys from Detroit, take them on Portland. Portland sends Dame Lillard to Miami. Then Miami probably sends some draft picks to Portland and to Detroit, maybe. And then Tyler Hero would probably go to the Detroit Pistons if they even wanted the guy. But that's oh. that's how I think this trade is going to get done with like a three-team trade. And if Portland could get their hands on like some young bigs, like they could be super competitive, you know, with, with the young, these are young guys. So that's my thought. It's going to probably take a three-team trade with a combination of draft picks and young up-and-coming players for Portland to do this trade. What do you guys think? I agree. I agree with that. I think it, it could possibly even take four. You know, but, but the issue is going to be Miami just doesn't have the pieces, and that's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is they don't have enough equity to be able to send guys up to Portland. Now, if they would have had Vincent, they would have had Struess, maybe the guy that the Cavs signed, and you could have added those pieces along, then maybe. But right now, they just don't have the equity. And I think that's why teams are holding out. Because think about it. Dame's 32 years old. He's not getting any younger. Not saying he can't play, because he definitely can. But if I'm going to give up the boat to try to win a championship, or the guy that I, or the piece I need to bring in a piece to win the championship, I want a lot for him. And I just don't think Miami has it. So I could see three possibly four teams jumping into this and trying to shift and move pieces, which would definitely change the complexity of the league. Or as James Harden's concerned, I don't know. I mean, is he movable? Is he a piece that would fit somewhere? Does he help bring somebody a championship? I don't know. But I think that mm -hmm. Philly is stuck between a rock and a hard place. And we'll see what's going on with them coming up. Because more than anything, they got to take care of the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. And if he's unsatisfied, you got problems in Philly. So we'll see. We'll see. Hey, fellas, it's parting shot. Parting shot's time here on That's Rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavalier Podcast. BP, I'm going to start with you, man. Parting shots as we take off and take out this evening on the pond. Well, you know, like back on Wednesday night, I watched the uh, ESPN ESPY Awards, which, you know, I didn't know about it to the last minute, but, you know, it was an interesting show. And I knew that, um, you know, some of the guys uh, from the NBA were going to be on there, like from the Denver Nuggets. And I think they were going to, I heard they were going to honor LeBron. So I kind of tuned in to see that with, you know, LeBron. So it was pretty cool. LeBron's family was up there and they introduced LeBron. But what caught my eye and my ear was LeBron's wife, Savannah, basically in front of the whole world, calling LeBron up to the stage as the GOAT. Which I thought that was kind of, you know, took a lot of, you know, nerve. Because it's, you know, Michael Jordan is pretty much known as the GOAT. 
you know, in, in most NBA circles. So here she's announcing her husband as the GOAT. And I thought it was a little bit, maybe, uh, I don't know, out of school. But, you know, so my thought is, I like to ask both of you guys, you are NBA fans, NBA experts. In your opinion, is Michael Jordan the greatest of all time or is LeBron James? Or do you have somebody else in your mind? Then I'll give you my thought. Well, I, I, I don't have a thought either way because it's hard not to compare. I mean, it's hard to compare because there's actually three guys that could be deemed to go. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor, LeBron James, and Michael Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. They all played at different times, different eras. They never really played against each other. But these three guys are definitely my top three. So to say a guy's a goat here or there, it's not really fair because it's era against era. It's basketball's not even played the same. That's just my thoughts. Harrison, what's your thoughts about this goat thing? Yeah, well, first off, I mean, I think that, you know, anyone, if any any NBA wife, I feel like will say that their husband is the goat. You know, yeah. you know they, they do a lot for them and uh, I'm sure it, it goes both ways too. But, um, you know, LeBron is, you know, Savannah's right. I mean, uh, I believe that LeBron is the greatest of all time, but you know, there, there's different, you know, there, there's a ton of different decades and, and, you know, it's, it's hard to measure because, you know, they didn't play in the same era and no, no player, you know, from the eighties or nineties will ever play with the players in the 2010s. So um, yeah. Le- LeBron is my goat um, just, you know, through his IQ, his leadership, his, his power on the court, and especially, you know, his, his years in Miami were uh, tenacious, um, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Savannah isn't being like obnoxious saying that, you know, I, you know, a lot of people debated online. I, I feel like his wife is uh, fully okay to say it, you know. But, without a doubt, without a doubt. BP, your, your rebuttal to that question. Yeah. Well, just one parting thing. LeBron's, for LeBron's career, he averaged 27 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Michael Jordan was at 30 points. Six rebounds, five assists. So when you really add up the numbers, LeBron does have an edge on him with the stats, mostly from like the assists and the rebounds. He catches them there. In my opinion, I've said this for for a couple years now, that LeBron is the greatest player of all time, but Michael Jordan is the greatest winner of all time, the greatest competitor of all time. Remember, Michael Jordan went 6-0 in the NBA Finals, where LeBron's lost a bunch of NBA Finals. So in my opinion, if I was picking up a all-time basketball team, I'd put LeBron James on my team in front of Michael Jordan. But that's just me. But in the end, you know, when it comes down to it, the, the championships and the, the winner, the greatest winner of all time and the greatest competitor of all time is Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah I understand. Feel it and, and, and believe it. But like I said, just, you know, in my, I always go 1A, 1B, 1C. Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. LeBron James and Michael Jeffrey Jordan belong right there at the top. And so you can debate it all day and long, all day long. But the right. issue is that the, I've had, at least in my lifetime, an opportunity to watch all three of them. So I've been truly blessed for the opportunity to see what we call the GOATs play basketball. Hey, so fellas, we're going to wrap it up and get up out of here. Thanks again for listening to That's Rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers on Fan First Sports Network. Check us out on Apple Radio, Spotify, and all the other podcasts and listening views. And check out my boy, Relly Hall and Tate Boy Fresh as they come in this week with That's Rather Cavaliers, Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Thanks for listening with Harrison for BP and me, Big G. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs.